All right. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Prescribed Performance Podcast. This is going to be um, kind of our platform for describing some of the content we put online, um, kind of giving you information about programming, um, and just kind of filling you in onto topics that are just myths in the fitness industry, um, stuff that people misunderstand. Um, there's so much junk science, and there's so much bad information online, and our entire goal here is to kind of be a light through all of that darkness that you can't interpret yourself. Um, I mean, I know if I want my car worked on, I take it to a mechanic. Um, and so we're kind of the experts in the science, realistically. I mean, between the two of us, what do we have 40 years experience in, in fitness and wellness? 45. 45, yeah. Yeah, are we talking about your age or our experience? Mm, both. Both, yeah. Um, so let's introduce kind of who we are. Um, I'm Travis Meek. I've been um, I've been a clinician. I've been a physical therapist. Um, I was a strength coach um, for K-State basketball. I've been a personal trainer for about a decade. Um, I used to think that I was a meathead that liked science. Um, now I think I've, I've kind of changed what I think I am. I think I'm a physiologist that likes to pick stuff up. Um, and so I, I want to, like my passion is the physiology, the biomechanics, and disproving all of the the superficial online look at my abs and believe what I'm saying people that are giving us so much misinformation and probably damaging people more than they're benefiting them like that's my purpose that's what I want to get into that's my um, dumbed down mission statement for who prescribed performance is well my name is Travis as well Um, I have been in the fitness and strength conditioning realm for 24 years now um I started off uh, just wanting to lift weights, and it just kind of exploded from there. Um, My passion is getting people to perform at their best. Um, The thing that I really enjoy is coaching. So where Travis, we'll call Travis one, (laughs) clinician, um, I would say I am the coach. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like the science and I talk too much about it sometimes. And then you come in and you're like this masterful coach that can explain everything I say in terms <laughs> of people can understand a little bit better. Yeah, so I'm going to be your, you guys' translator for everything that Trav says. Um, <laughs> and this is going to get real confusing for everyone. I'm sorry, but yes, there are two Travises. Yeah, we're Travis uh, and Travis. So hopefully when we get some people on, it won't be quite as confusing. Um, but yeah, I, what... What we're really trying to accomplish, like he said, is to get the confusion out of this whole fitness, health, wellness, performance realm. Uh, We want to be the ones that you guys hopefully can come to for questions, answers, and anything that you guys need us for that we've been doing for a long time. Um, Eventually, we're going to offer a lot more coaching and, and programming and stuff, but... Um, we just want to we want to kick off by just solving the problems that the industry has developed. The industry's becoming so whitewashed, um, so dumbed down. I've never worked in an industry that had so much false perception of ability. Um, I can't build a house because I watch some YouTube videos. But, <laughs> no, but a bunch of people like the human body has thousands of structures. Um, if you replace one of them surgically, it's never the same again. Um, but we take such a liberal approach to going to the gym, picking a bunch of stuff up, going home, eating broccoli and saying we had a healthy day. And it's like, man, how much, how much of this stuff online is, is creating damage? 
mentally and physically and, and not causing any kind of real adaption to benefit that we should be doing. Like the human body is this really fragile thing that has so many capabilities and the way that your foot affects your pelvis and your pelvis affects your rib cage and your rib affects your neck and your shoulders. And then we've got guys online like five sets of overhead press for deltoid. <laughs> and I'm like, man, we, we really got we to gotta be one of the things that's solving this problem. Well, and I think the other thing that um, is damaging is because there's so much information out there, there's not as much results that people want. And how many times have you heard a client say, well, I read this study. Oh, too many times. Like, like I want to be like, I'm glad you're literate. Too many let's, times. Let's decipher the good science versus the bad science. And there's for every one good article, there's there's 20 bad articles out there. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're bicep curling and ab flexing your way into stardom, you don't know what you're doing. Well, and that's, I guess, maybe, and we've talked about this before, is the level of entry into this industry compared to other health industries. I mean, if you look at physical therapy, if you look at occupational therapy, if you look at chiropractic, if you look at massage, there is an education that you have to have. Yep. And then the biggest thing that I think is there's a residency. It's a learning under a master. So you learn how to do this the right way where our industry says, take this hundred dollar weekend certification and now go and and this is my biggest thing is that really i guess upsets me the most about our industry is like i don't have education i don't have any experience i don't have any results but i'm still going to charge you 60 to 100 dollars an hour to do to 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 work with me well you're right and what's crazy is you you go to this corporate gym and um what's their title personal trainer yeah what travis what's your title my title? Uh-huh. Uh, my title's coach. Okay. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I was going to say personal trainer. Right? <laughs> no, no, so, no, 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 no. No, I'm a coach. It's, uh, and I'm, I, I'll, I'll say my title's personal trainer. I'm, I'm proud of that. But Oh, definitely. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just. You, you were a coach. You're well, a coach. I, I come from the strength conditioning. That was my first realm, you know. Uh, well, actually, I did start personal training. But what I, where I really cut my teeth in and where I really learned everything that I know now is in, through strength conditioning. Yeah, and so yeah, you're, so you're I guess, used to I being just called say, coach. I just used to being called coach. Um, but what my point is, is you go to a doctor's office and you've got you've got a guy who's got big pins on his desk. It's cluttered. It's a cheap desk from IKEA, um, <laughs> and he's available tomorrow to see you. Or you go in to this guy who's got a, a big office, a big mahogany desk, um, custom pins. Um, he's booked until November. Who do you want? Well, I want the guy that's going to give me results, so it's probably going to be option. Probably B. the latter. Yeah, right? exactly. But what what's both of their titles? Oh, they're both, yeah. They're, they're both doctors. Exactly. Right? And the guy who got C's all the way through med school, graduated, and he's a doctor. And the guy who excelled, now he's the chairperson of his, hospi- his hospital for his field, is also doctor. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all the same title. And in personal training, you get a guy who stepped off the street and paid 100 bucks to some organization that says you're certified now. And then you've got somebody with multiple degrees, multiple years of experience, and has coached really high-level performance, and you're both personal trainers. And, and I think the, the biggest problem, and this is personal as well as a professional issue, is social media has made it so accessible to find uneducated coaches who are, who are more narcissistic than they are educated. But we live in a society that uses aesthetic as an ideal or a business card to follow somebody for coaching. And it's not that aesthetic. Okay, 
we're not going to try to bash the aesthetic property of it, but if that's if you have to take your shirt off to get clients because you don't have the knowledge, the background, and the results to back up what you're saying, it, to me that's a little misleading because I've had people come up to me and say, oh, so-and-so trainer, they must really know what they're doing. And that trainer looks great. And yes, they probably did the, some things that were right to get that way, but it's not always the best thing to look at no. when you're when you're trying to judge uh, any profession or anything that you're trying to do, whether um, like anything that you're going to spend money on and you want results for, you're not going to, you want to see what they've done and what they can do for you. Look and at their field of work. Exactly. Like I mean, I, I want to I want to know what can you do for me and what have you done that is going to fit my bill? Not necessarily what content you have on social media, even though we're going to be on that too. Well, and we'll, we'll get there. We're, we're progressing toward that social media discussion. But... Yes, exactly. But, you know, I think what we want to do for our clientele, our, our, our people, our whatever, is know that we have the experience, we've got the knowledge, and we want to make it, we want to give you the results. That, that's why we do what we do. And I think that's what we're here for. I think there's a huge need for that. Yeah, because, I mean, how many people fail fitness? Everybody. Their fitness. How many people, how many people listening right now have tried to get fit and then given up oh yeah i mean everybody everyone's everyone's been um quote-unquote consistent for i don't know three months and then they're like this sucks and i'm not getting anywhere and most of those people bought a program online or most of those people went to a coach and that coach wasn't able to get any kind of success with somebody because they don't know how to progress and regress exercise selections they don't know how to write a good program they don't know how to start with the basics of stability and patterning they just jump into what everyone thinks is great, which like if I see a, a new trainer coaching a new client through a barbell back squat on the on day one one more time, like I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> like it's just it's the industry has decided that like squatting is like the greatest exercise ever, and it's just like for who for what? Like I look at I one of my favorite lines is if you have your health, you have a million goals, but if you don't have your health, you have one goal. Yeah, exactly. I've and so if I've got, I mean, I mean, recently I've been talking and spending a lot of time with dancers and it's like I see these 14, 15, 16 year old girls and guys that have bad knees and bad hips and bad backs and it's like well I go to the gym all the time I'm like congratulations like I'm good I'm glad you've got good habits now let's get you good information you like one size does not fit all like you you go online and let's go ahead and just jump into the social media conversation but you go online and it's like the world has said hey squatting is a good exercise you should do it is there a doctor on earth that would say, hey, here's a good medication. Everyone should take it. Like, no, you're going to go and you're going to do an assessment and you're going to figure out the symptoms and you're going to figure out the problems and you're going to treat the issue and then you're going to progress to a treatment of a different issue. And then finally, when everything's great, you can go about your normal life again. But everybody I've ever worked out with has something like we don't live in this utopian. Everyone's healthy. Everyone should just do the same stuff world that's not what we live in if you've lifted weights for a year you've had an injury i guarantee it a muscle tear or a twinge in the knee or a low back soreness that lasted longer and isn't just muscle fatigue at this point everyone has had this issue 
And the problem is you go online and in Joe Blow, who posts nothing but shirtless pictures, or Jane Doe, who posts nothing but bikini pictures, and it's like their body looks great. I'm glad that they chose the right parents to have really good genetics to show that off. But then your knee hurts and, and they, they can't deviate your program into anything that's beneficial. So where we want to go with this business, this um, mindset that we're actually really trying to get into is how we're going to help you guys. Um, we want to figure out what your need is. Um, we're going to have as quite a few options for everyone to figure out, hey, I need this. Um, how can we help you go from A to B? That that's this is where the coaching is going to come into play. You know, we want our members to say to start with a this is who I am, this is where I'm at, this is what I need, this is how I can do it, and then we go from that information and give you the program or the one-on-one -on -one training or whatever we decide is best for you. And we take you from point A to point B. That is our mission. Yeah, and for me, it has to be assessment based. Like I've, when I've got when I meet somebody for the first time, if you can't stand on one leg, I'm not going to load on two. If you don't assess, you guess. It's I love that line. I'm going to say it all the time. <laughs> if you don't assess, I, you guess. Uh, I think uh, okay. I didn't make that up, guys. That was not mine. I th I'm sure I've heard that from someone who is a lot smarter than me. But yes, if you don't assess, you guess. And the problem with that is, and that's where we want every one of our relationships to start, and that's, and that's what we're trying to build as relationships, is, okay, we need to assess where you're at. Because if I have someone who, um, let's say, is overweight, has some... Um, some sort of knee issue, some sort of tendinopathy in the knee, wh whatever it is. Um, they have a collapsed arch, uh, lack of thoracic rotation, lack of hip stability, and they say, I want to run a marathon. I'm going to say, that is amazing. Let's do it, but... In a year. But, <laughs> but we're going to start with fixing these issues now. Because we want to make sure that your body, your system is able to handle whatever you want it to do. Because the great, the thing I just love about the human body is it can pretty much do anything you want it to do. It will adapt. If you want to be super strong and a power lifter, you can be super strong and be a power lifter. If you want to be a 100 mile runner, you can be a 100 mile runner. If you want to climb mountains, if you want to be a cyclist, if you want to be a deep water diver. I don't know where I'm coming up with all these things, but <laughs> you can do anything you want, but you have to make sure that your system is ready to do it. I'm not going to take my car and race NASCAR. <laughs> okay. I have to build a NASCAR race car to do it. And that's where the assessment comes in. Like, that's what we want to do. That's what we want to start with. Well, and, and for me, I'll, I'll both agree and slightly disagree with you just a little bit. Um, I tell people, like, you don't put a bulldozer on a racetrack, and you don't put a racetrack in an excavation site. Well, I know. I I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that you're going – when I say you want to be a power lifter, that you're going to 
you know, be the next big guy who's squatting well, a thousand pounds. hundred percent. Right. You you have to optimize what your body has. Right. And so if like again, I'll reference dancers a lot because that's what I have a lot of experience in the last year. Is is all of these all of these dance coaches will say you have to look like this when performing this move. Some people simply do not have the hip anatomy to bring their their foot up to the side of their face. I certainly couldn't. My hips are a lot better in external rotation. I have a better external rotation. I have virtually no internal rotation, and I have very little flexion. I can get into excessive extension, abduction, external rotation, but because of the shape of the neck of my femur and the, the, the head of the femur and the way it interacts with the pelvis, there's some positions I simply won't be able to get into. That is true, but you can still be a dancer, and we can help you be a dancer. Right, and what you have to do is how do you manipulate your pelvis to be able to get into those positions and, and realistically, get it into a position where the judges see it happening in their eyes correctly, and you're not causing injury to yourself. Um, for me, it starts at the feet. Like Everything starts at the foot. Force permeates Man, up through you your what? body from the foot. If you've got a bad shoulder and neck, I'm going to look at your feet. If you've got a back problem, I'm going to look at your feet. Like For me, it starts with, like we have, we, we've measured intellectual ability with IQ. We've even talked about emotional ability with EQ, but when's the last time that you go to school as, as a student, a young student, and the, what you're going to be doing most of the time is sitting, breathing, and walking? What coach ever talked about the mechanics of walking, how to sit on the sits bones of the pelvis to erect the spine correctly, and how to breathe without elevating your shoulders into your neck? And all of these patterns start to dictate how you move in everyday life. If you breathe through your mouth into elevation, you're going to have an overactive neck. You're going to have a, a rib cage that leans forward, and all of a sudden, you're not going to have overhead shoulder flexion because you take 10,000 breaths a day. And the way that you've learned how to breathe, your central nervous system starts to recognize that pattern. You'll emulate it in the weight room, and then I see neck and shoulder problems. Well, exactly. You know, the thing that we'll go back to the foot. Um, if I'm going to run, and my foot isn't functioning properly, like you said, it is going to just cascade up the system into the all the way up, it's, all the it's way all up. Connected. It's all connected, you know. Um, and I'm sure most people have heard referred pain. You know, oh, I have pain here and there. And a lot of times, if we're not assessing where that pain is coming from, or someone. You know, you need to see your professional, of course. Um, it could be from the foot that you're not thinking about. It could be from the hip that you're not thinking about. It could be something else. 100%. And, and that's why I like to start from the ground as well. I, I have to. I have to start at the foot and I have to start at the pelvis. When I see, like, and again, having been a physical therapist and seeing the protocols they go through, um, and the reason I got out of that was I was so tired of printing off protocols from a book copyrighted in 1988 and then sending them home with these black and white images of stuff that I haven't coached since my first year of being a personal trainer. And it's like, okay, these are outdated. And I, I remember the guy I was working with, they'd have a knee problem, and he'd go, we need to strengthen the quadricep. And it's like, okay, I've got a lot of people that have knee problems and they can go top out every leg extension machine in the state. Like it's not the quadriceps fault. Like let's look at everything else. And so if you've got a hip problem, a knee problem, a back problem, I don't care what it is, can your foot grip the ground and go into a high arch? When that happens, does your hip tilt posteriorly? And like we live in this era of like stick your butt out. 
and it's like causing this anterior shift in the pelvis, which is misloading discs, spines, flattening the feet, internally rotating the knees. Um, again, again, I don't mean to, I'll keep referencing dancers, but you put these, these kids in, in a certain position and their feet are turned out and their knees are pointing straight forward. And and then a lot of their teachers are going to be like, good job, hold that position. And I'm like, uh, I'm glad you got into the position. Good. But you got into it from the wrong joint. You got into it from the wrong movement. You've got this anterior tilt rotating the femurs in the feet are turned out. And now you've got this torque force through the knee. A lot of people, trainers, coaches, um, you know, don't have maybe that eye that you that you have, obviously, be, so they don't see it. You know, we want to be your eyes. That's what we're going for, guys. That's it's. We want to help you see the positions that maybe someone else doesn't. Well, my whole point is like, please, 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 do not take exercise advice from somebody who has not assessed your patterns if they don't know how you move how are they supposed to load you like it's just physics it's it's joints fulcrums levers and loads right and we've got engineers that design machines to pick up really heavy loads they don't look like machines that are designed to move really fast and they don't look like machines that are designed to two other jobs and so look we have to take a look at this machine um, how it's created, how it's built, what its capabilities are, and we have to adjust its capabilities based on its structure. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look, at, when you guys uh, see us, you know, obviously you'll see two Travs look, two completely different body Absolutely. styles. Um, you know, his squat pattern is not going to look like my, my squat pattern. His lunge pattern is not going to look like my lunge pattern. Um, you know, it's just levers, like you said. Um especially in a squat. We'll, we'll keep going back to the squat. But if I have a long tibia and femur and a very short torso, it's going to look much different and loaded differently. And muscle activation is going to be different from someone who is probably a little bit more either tall torso long, or and short femur, short tibia, or someone who's a little bit more 50-50. Well, and then, um, but then you get into these online coaches who say squatting is great for your glutes. I say, if this, if this, if this, and if this, like when you squat, I, I tell people all the time, like one, I, two, some of the buzzwords in, in fitness, like cannot stand are core. I hate that word because <laughs> everyone who says core simply means their abs. And if you see your abs, that doesn't mean they work right. That doesn't mean your thoracic spine is stable. That doesn't mean you have function. It means that you have either good genetics or you have not eaten enough in a long time. And so your performance might be suffering. I don't know. But when I look at, again, we'll go back to the squat because everyone who's ever exercised has squatted. But the body is propulsive. It's not compressive, right? Everyone stand up right now and jump as high as you can. If you got a foot, I'd probably be impressed. Now jump as far forward as you can. You, you, you probably just cleared six, seven feet forward jump, right? You're propulsive. Your feet understood the ground. You are moving forward, so the peroneal nerve of the lower body stimulated glute activation, and you, you propelled yourself forward. So in a squat, step one is another one of the words I hate is form. How's my form? Well, what were you thinking? Were you thinking go down up? Because that's a different central nervous system response than go backward forward, move from the pelvis. Well, I'm going to – might disagree a little bit with that one is form. Yes, I see where you're going with that, but I think when it comes to – 
getting someone started, getting someone, you know, into the right positions. I think it's not a bad thing to use the word form. I, I it's think relatable. People know yeah, what you're exactly. saying. I think, you know, we don't want to be thinking that some of the, the stuff that's going to get people started is wrong. Um, but no, that, but you just use the right word. It's getting them started. Yeah. If you're working with high-level athletes, if you're working with people whose training age is 10 to 15 years, and they're still thinking the same cues they used in year one, you're probably not progressing very well. No, I, I agree with that. But I, I think getting the form if down first, then... Because, okay, I don't know why we're stuck on the squat for some reason, but... Because <laughs> it's relatable. Because it is relatable. But, okay, so let's start with the squat. You know, when, I'm, when I've got a client starting off, yeah, we're going to work on her form by doing certain exercises that, um, through the assessment, I realized is where we should start. So let's say I've got a client that we start with uh, box squats. Okay. Uh, because she's got too much anterior knee movement. So you're telling me you're trying to get her hips back? Exactly, a little okay, bit. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Backward, forward, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. But I don't think it's anything wrong to say form on that one. But I think when we start getting people going on this, we also need to realize that what a trunk angle, a hip angle, a knee angle, a foot position is going to be what your positions are going to be. Yeah. Because a box squat's a box squat. A, uh, a back squat's a back squat. Overhead press is an overhead press. What is important is what that person can do. What they can do and what their central nervous system has decided to use as they do it. Right. right. But at the end of the day, that is still form. It's yeah. their form. <laughs> six, six of one. Okay, there's the clinician and the coach. <laughs> I'm just going to say that one of the Travises is right. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is, that is one thing. One of us will always, well, hopefully will always be right. Travis I mean, will sure. always be right. Travis let's will just, always be right. Let's That's just fine. put it that way. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's, we'll go back to assessment and we'll use squat. What I, what I look for in a squat first is, is, is you shift back or shift down, however you want to say it. I need to see you rock your heel back a little bit and maintain the big toe pressed into the ground. I need to see the pelvis shift backward to load the hip. I don't want to see a bend at the knee first. And as you come forward, I'm, I'm going to take your shoes off every single time we exercise lower body. I want to see that heel rock forward a little bit and pressure progress to more of the midfoot, not necessarily the rear foot, so that your body senses this forward propulsion. And when I, when I coach people through that, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I feel my butt. But if I just coach back of the heel, drive to the heel, drive to the heel, drive to the heel, I have so many people that just feel their quadriceps. And then we get into those knee pains where it's like you've just loaded compression, not propulsion, and I see all of this incorrect force because the foot, again, back to the foot, the foot is, is being utilized incorrectly. You know, I, it's funny that you say get back on the heel. One, everyone, you have to understand that this industry is still very young. It's extremely young. I mean, I, I'm an elder statesman <laughs> in this industry. Being in Call my, yourself my, whatever you I'm want. I'm almost, you know, <laughs> and I'm almost 50 years old. Um, and there are guys that are been in the game longer than me, of course, um, that are amazing, amazing coaches. Well, think about it. When did fitness start? It, Jack Lane? Well, yeah, but we're talking it didn't really become main, mainstream. Like, how many people in the 80s had personal trainers? Well... 
in in right now it's like this giant trend to wear certain brands and go to the gym all the time and it's becoming the more that exercise becomes popular the more we're going to start to see damage in orthopedic surgeries because again all the information out there is is not 100% right well because we're young though we're still learning and We've all said it. I've said it. Listen, I have coached back on the heels. I have. I've done that. You know, I've I've coached, um, you know, general statements. You have to squat ass to grass. You have to um, do this and this and this. I mean, we've all done it, but back to the squat. So I, the industry is moving faster now than it did when I started. And yes, we all coach the heels. But I think... As the information starts getting out there and funneled through and very intelligent people, um, I'm going to name drop quite a bit probably during our podcasts here, um, Bill Hartman. Bill Hartman's the smartest man. Okay, let's be honest. And him and Mike Robertson at IFS. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk about guys like Jordan Shallow. Shallow's fantastic. You know, um, and I'm going to talk maybe some OGs like Dan John. Yeah, OG's you know? right. So, I mean, so there are coaches that are funneling this information out. Um, the problem think, is Think shoulders not. like Eric. Cressy. You know, Cressy's hands I mean, down the shoulder. I mean, come on. Um, so it's going to start getting there. But back to the, back to the you know, we used to teach heel. But if you really look at the way a person moves, like how many times in sports did anyone say, get back on your heels? Well, in sports, you have to be up on the ball of your foot. You have to react. Because that Stop. moves you forward. Exactly. That's going back to what you're saying is what exactly. I'm saying. Um, if I'm coming up off a chair, if I'm a 65-year-old um, person who is having trouble getting off a chair because I can't move forward, why would I want my weight back on my heels? I'm exactly. falling backwards. You know? Exactly. So I think the information, and hopefully we're going to be one of those – um, companies that is helping get the right information out there where if you look at how we actually do things in daily life and how we move because a power lifter has a different need than once again my example of a 65 year old uh, person who can't get off a chair the squat's not it's still a squat but it's a much different position it's a much different reason for doing it, it. it's a different loading pattern it's different uh, so that's where we want to help everybody is the information is there guys um it might not be in the masses yet but hopefully us along with a lot there are great coaches out there and hopefully we can be in that group where we're trying to funnel the good information that is ahead of the game well, the great thing to is to help people out because we're here to help you guys. If you want to look for a good coach, there's there's things you can look for and there's things you can avoid. And the guys and girls posting a bunch of pictures without clothes on, like Eric Cressy, never one time is the guy going to go shirtless in one of his videos. Um, Aaron Horshig is very professional. Jordan Shallow, very prof- well, <laughs> he's extremely intelligent. He's not the most professional. Yeah. I think the guy uses cuss words more than real words. Um, but it's easy to find these people. Like if if you've got these people just posting about themselves constantly, they're not good coaches. They're good at manipulating themselves, and they use that as a business card. But if you look at Eric Cressy, he's always got some of his Cy Young award winning pitchers that he's doing shoulder demonstrations with. If you look at Aaron Horshig, he's got some of his Olympians that he's coaching. If he's he's showing his research, he's showing his work, he's showing his clients, he's showing patterns, and he's showing things that are really really progressive. 
if you've got people who are simply online for validation for their physique, they're probably not a good coach. They've worked with themselves, not with other people, not with the research. And so when I go to look for good coaches, it is the Eric Cressy's. It is the Aaron Horshig. I said Aaron, Eric Cressy, um, Aaron Horshig, the Bill Hartmans, um, the shoot. Um, who's the Canadian white mustache, the revolutionary lumbo pelvic hip guy. You mean Dr. Stuart McGill? Stuart McGill. Come he, on, baby. You got to know that he, one. He's, I mean, the guy's 60, 70 years old, and he is the world premier knowledge on lumbo pelvic hip stuff. He coaches a lot. This guy took a, a world-class powerlifter who shattered his lumbar vertebrae and had him back to deadlifting in one year, no surgery. I mean, look at these people. If you are trying to understand human performance and, and human functionality, not the people who look incredible, but the people who clearly know the science and can help people out of injury. Again, I'll bring it back to, to, to my dancers. Like, too many hip issues, too many knee issues, too many feet issues, too many back issues, because it's all the same stuff. Like, when you go to a gym and you work out, somebody should be able to look at you and say, you're training for something. Well, they, you know, I'll, I'll go back to running, which is kind of funny that I'm more the endurance athlete now than I was. You, you are. Strength, but... Because back in my earlier days, I would have never, ever thought I got here. But if I'm looking at a runner, same thing. I mean, how many issues do we have from running? Well, people need to run. They need to get into shape to run, not run to get into shape. Exactly. Right. Uh, I think Alan Cosgrove was the first person that I read that said, get in shape for running. Don't run to get in shape. The, one of the world premier sprint coaches is Adarian Barr. He talks about the transverse arch more than he talks about literally anything else. Mm -hmm. If you want speed, it's in the transverse arch of the foot. It's not in the glutes and the quadriceps. It's the way the foot is reading information from the ground, delivering information to your central nervous system, and then utilizing things to propel you forward faster than anybody else. That's a neural adaptation that starts in the foot. Oh, well, I mean, that's how our bodies have always communicated with our positions doing things. That's the thing. Is like, like we, if we I'm on gym. an uneven surface, if I'm running, if I'm doing a trail run and there's, you know, roots and rocks and stuff like that, if my foot isn't con like giving me signals on yes. how to shift and, and rotate and move and balance and control, then it, one... I'm probably going to end up with some sort of overuse, bad patterning injury, or worse, I'm going to fall over right there, and now I'm going to have a real injury, you know, a big, uh, you know, a, a more of an I acute people, injury. Any, anyone who's ever worked with me will think this next line is funny because I say it all the time. A bunch of my trainers in the past want to make me a shirt. I, <laughs> I, I say that muscles are stupid. Muscles simply do what they're told by the central nervous system. So we have to look at. Every single motor output started with sensory input. Everything came from sensory input. And so your feet are telling your body what it needs to do, whether you think it is or not. Well, I always use this. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I use kind of the same thing. But if you think in terms of computer coding. That's exactly what it is. If, yes. if you think in terms of our body is kind of relaying stuff like a computer code, if I have a comma that's missing or if I... Um, have a, a number out of place or something like that, then everything down the chain is not going to it's all work. Messed up. It's all messed up. I, I jokingly say and that a good personal trainer is simple, simply a your biological coder. I always say problem solver, but... I'll, yeah, I guess I, I just say. like bigger yeah. words. I don't you know. like bigger words than I do. <laughs> but Once again, guys, clinician and coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. he'll, <laughs> He's he'll the be smart related, one, I'm the dumb one. <laughs> I don't know about that. 
But I'll tell I you. use small words. Um, yeah, when you're when you're fixing a pattern or you're fixing a problem or you're fixing strength comes first from neural signaling. You have to drive this neural pattern home to where it becomes really strong. Well, that's why everyone in the beginning gets strong right off the bat. It beginner gains. Exactly. Your central nervous system is recognizing neurological pa- Exactly. It's a neurological pattern. So you'll hear me it's say... what muscles need to fire in the right sequence for me to do this movement pattern. And the problem is our day-to-day life teaches our central nervous system to choose the wrong muscles. We, our brain will default to less energy output before it will default to more energy output. Of course. So I mean, if, it's, you're, it's if trying you're doing... trying to save energy. If you're doing a squat, most people listening to this will get mostly quadricep calf. They'll mostly get compressive musculature. Because those are typically stronger muscles because or of, because of the neural pathway. Exactly, neural pathway. The neural pathway. Exactly. So is it the muscles that are strong that. or is it the neural that pathway is better recognized and therefore more utilized? Because their position is always out of place. Exactly. And so when you have when you're when you're being told do five sets of this and six sets of this and four sets of this to work these muscles, I'm like, I have no idea if your most body's using those muscles to accomplish this or not. We have to flip the right switches on and off to get the right things activated so that the patterns are now being recognized through a different neural pathway. And all of a sudden now, now we're making progress through the correct choosing of muscles. You've got people, I've had people who work out for 20 years. I put them through a no load workout and their butt is sore for four days. Which what we want you guys to realize is this is going to give you those results that you're looking for because that's what at the end of the day everyone works out not everyone i guess some a lot of people do work out for the just pure enjoyment of it um but they also still want results and and you can't get results if you're always in pain or you're not seeing the strength gains or the hypertrophy or and we'll talk about fat loss too um you know if we're not giving you guys the tools to get the results, then all this doesn't really matter. It, it's all about getting the results in the best, efficient, safest way that you guys can do the things that you want to do. Whether it's run an OCR, whether that's deadlift 500 pounds, whether that's going up and down stairs without pain, whether that's playing with grandkids, whether it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we want to make sure that you guys' patterns are right so you guys cannot worry about the body so much and now you can do the things that you want to do. If, if you're an athlete that loses your ability to do your sport because of injury, there's nothing you want in the world back more. Or what if, uh, let's say you like to garden. True. I mean, like I've got some of my old clients. Yeah, exactly. What if, what if, uh, what if I uh, have a client that like, their passion is gardening and they can't do it because they either can't get low enough to get down, they get their back hurts, their knees hurt, you know, they're lifting pots, they're they're planting, you know. No matter what it is, we're all training for something and if you can't do that, it 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 kind of goes back to people failing, people thinking that, "Oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Maybe this is just isn't for me." You know, we want to be a roadmap. We want to be your guides. We want to be your navigators and get you guys doing the things that you want to do because that's what makes me get up. And the, well, and, and nothing is going to make you feel more fulfilled in life than doing the things you love doing. Right. That's, my, that's the very first thing I talk to all my clients is like, let's get you back to doing the things 
that you used to do. Pain free. Will you be, I mean, let's say if something happened and, and maybe you won't be able to do it at the capacity that you were when you were maybe younger or pre-injury, but we want to get you guys doing the things that you want to do. We want you guys to feel about yourselves the way you want to feel about yourselves. Right. And and that's successfully accomplishing the things you love doing. Um, for me, everything boils back to stability. Like I think, I think stability um, is the precursor to literally everything. Being anti-fragile, being strong, being fast, being capable, um, it, it starts with stability. And so if, if I'm going to take a new athlete or any athlete at all, and you can squat 300 pounds, but you can't stand on one leg, you're, you're deficient somewhere and you're going to have an injury down the road. Well, it's the cliche saying that I've heard for decades, you can't shoot a cannon from a canoe. Yeah, I've, I've used that 100 times. Um, and if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Um, you're only as truly strong as you are stable. And that's, you're only as capable as you truly are when you're stable. Right. That's it. When, that's why you start there. You do start there. And we start stability through the body. And then once that stability is there, now we can start talking about going other directions, whether it's endurance, strength, power, all of them. Um, but yeah, if, if, if your body is collapsing in certain areas that it shouldn't be collapsing or anywhere really, then you're going to get hurt. There's, there's only two forces present on earth for literally anything. It's compression expansion. And if you, if you're trying to get expanded, but you're compressed or you're trying to get into a compressed position, but you're expanded, the loads will be incorrect. And I don't care what program you're doing or I don't care what exercise you're trying to accomplish or what sport you're trying to play through. If you're, if you're expanding when you should be compressing and vice versa, you're going to have a bad time. Like it's just, it's not going to go well. And so you have to start with, and I think you would agree with this, the, the first program or the first assessment we're going to go through is, is stability. Absolutely. Are your shoulders stable? Start. Because if you're going to get overhead, you better be stable overhead. If you're going to get overhead, you be able to, better be able to control the pelvis to keep the rib cage stacked on top of a strong trunk. Well, and also, you know, everyone that kind of the, one of the big buzzwords, keywords and, and very important things in all of this is mobility. Mo- yeah. But, mobility, stability, strength. But what starts, you know, if, if your body isn't stable, what happens? I, I, I tell everybody, everyone puts mobility first. I do not. I put stability first. Because? Because if you're not stable, you will not be able to mobilize into those positions. Exactly. Anymore. Exactly. Your body has protective mechanisms. It does. If if it doesn't feel stable, what's it gonna do? It's not gonna allow you into that position. Exactly, it's gonna tighten up and lock up. Right. I've even had I've had clients who cannot abduct or move their hip out to the side. Abduct, guys. <laughs> this you're gonna hear these a lot. <laughs> Abduction. That means moving out to the side. Uh, rotation. I'll simplify, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Bear with me. <laughs> But I've got like again. Let's go back to sensory input and stability. If if you if your body is not interpreting enough information to allow you to move right, you won't be able to move right. I have people with poor peripheral vision, and the first thing we have to do is look to your right, see that there's floor over there, see that it's okay to take in information from that side, and all of a sudden now they can abduct and use their hip a little bit better. It took sensory input, it took stability to stand on one leg so that you can move the other one out, and it came back to sensory input and stabilization. Right? It's not. Aladdin eating jasmine rice and chicken and doing a bunch of cardio <laughs> as, as Travis is thinking that's going to that's gonna fix these patterns and, and get the body to move the way that it's, it's meant to move, right? You have to boil down to sensory input, stabilization and function. 
That that's that is the foundation. It is the foundation. It's the foundation that I build my programs for my clients on. Whether it doesn't matter who you are, um, it it's got to be the first thing you start with. Any good coach, and I think you'll agree, any good coach, go online and look at any reputable coach. Start with stability. Look at sensory input. Understand the foot's placement in space. Like, don't do a bunch of overhead pressing if you're not stable overhead. Guys, when we say stabilization, we're not talking about standing on a basu ball and doing demo curls. Okay, we're not. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is: Does your body know how to move in the environment that it's in? And nine times out of ten, how many times are we doing something that has a unstable surface like that? What we're talking about is: Can you? stabilize your body on solid ground because that's where we start we don't walk around on stability balls and unless so, you're a surfer i guess okay that might be a bit you know i know maybe there's you, always going to be someone who's going to like yeah but trav and trav that's gonna be weird <laughs> <laughs> okay travs but what about okay what we're talking about is in the beginning and i've used the basu ball and anyone who's known me right now is probably laughing because I used to say it was a no-no, but now I've like, popped a lot of Bosu balls. Yeah. Well, you're bigger than I am. No, but, like, um, just throw them away. I'm not using them. No. <laughs> Everything's a tool. Here, here's um, the you might not need it very often, but what, what we're, I guess what we're starting with though is guys, is we need to learn how to stabilize in positions on surfaces that or is going to translate and transfer to what you're doing in the activity that you're trying well, to do. Well, let's just define at. some terms. Stability is creating a muscle contraction to prevent movement. Strength is creating a muscle contraction to create movement. Right? You might be really strong. Maybe you can leg press a thousand pounds, but then I put you on one leg and you look like a newborn giraffe trying to stand up. I guarantee we're going to develop way better strength once we increase the stability of that single leg stance. Well, of course, because if we look at machines, and I like machines, I use machines a lot. I think there's some very good value to machines, but the problem with a machine is we're seated. Well, it's a predetermined range of motion. Um, yes, exactly. Um, so there's not a need for stability in no. that. That's why what you said there, the leg press compared to a one-legged squat where a one-legged squat, I have to balance in space, hold myself up, then move in the right position, then re- pause, redirect that movement in the opposite position, all whilst trying not to fall over. Well, and what are you going to do if you're going to fall over? You're going to quickly move into the next round. You're going to quickly put your other foot down. right? We see velocity as a compensation for instability all the time. Every single time. And I, that's... Our body goes into panic mode. It does. It goes, oh my God, I'm falling. Can you do something with a three second range down and a pause and a three second range back up? Because if you can't, you need to train that tempo, not just move quickly into the next position. Yeah, you got to learn to control your body. I look at one of the drills I, I do a lot for my athletes is, is a lateral leap. Can you jump to the side and then stick that landing and not move? Because the second they go to start moving, they just do. They just leap back the other direction. And you ever notice that the first thing that usually goes out is the foot? Every time. Every time. Their foot collapses, they lose yeah. the arch, and they start to fall back toward the midline, so they jump back the other direction. Or they rotate out, and they just fall the direction they were going. And there's compensatory patterns. So, yeah, 
really like what we're saying is be assessment based. Yep. Let's find quality stability. Start with stability. We'll move into mobility. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't need to like hyper stretch yourself into oblivion. Um, Mobility is for me task. Well, based. again, I like if to define I, words. I think if we don't have linguistics, if you can't define a term and then you go to talk about the term, <laughs> I'm going to destroy you because you, you have no idea what you're actually talking about. So let's define terms, right? I, for me, flexibility is lengthening of soft tissue. Mobility is being able to move through the joint capsule. Exactly. So, mobility is the ability to control how much range of motion you have. Right. Flexibility is... I'm glad that you can. It's you more can, passive. It's it's more passive. You can lengthen one's a soft active, tissue. One's more passive. But can you move the hip socket through its full range? And that amount of range is going to be dependent on whatever you need to do. For example, a rock climber is going to need more mobility than a power lifter. Right. A, some some world class power lifters can't tie their own shoes. Exactly, but they can squat a ton because they need to be a different type of unit than a right. dancer, gymnast, rock climber, you, person who loves yoga. You have to choose your, your adaptation pathway. Yeah. Like a, a, someone who can pick a thousand pounds up off the ground is probably not a yoga master. Definitely not. So you, like you have, there's a fork in the road. Like you have to choose your adaptation. And if you're just sticking with these basic programs where you're doing the same stuff as everybody else, you've not chosen your adaptation. You've not chosen, am I going to focus on stability? Am I going to focus on power output? Am I going to focus on mobility? You're just doing generalized stuff, hoping that your body's getting stronger so you can do more things. And it's like, we, we have to choose a pathway. We have to fix the variables that are creating compensation. And then we have to move in that direction for a while to create adaptation before we choose a new direction. And, and we're, we're going to get into, like, we're going to write a lot of programs. We're going to put a lot of content online for you guys to, to, to go back and listen to, um, to watch the stuff we put online. We're going to discuss in these podcasts. Um, but a good program has a centralized theme for 12 to 16 weeks and then a new theme and then a new theme. And you start with this really, really big goal where maybe your goal is to be a power lifter, but for the first four months of a new program, you focus on stability of the pelvis or stability of the shoulders. Then you move in. Now that you're stable, you try to maintain that while you gain size or while you gain strength. Then you try to maintain those things while you gain power output and you've, you've, you've become a better power lifter but for one cycle of training, it's been stability-based. And one cycle of training has been size or strength-based. And one cycle of training has been power output-based. Like, we don't just generally go in and do some for a lot and then go home. Right. I mean, same thing. Go the opposite direction. I want to be a runner. I want to run a marathon. We're going to work on foot mechanics, knee tracking, hip position, rotation. Then, right. then... We start building up well, on and, the and endurance of the running. One of the one of my problems, and we'll wrap up here, guys. I know it's been a long time. Um, one of the, my problems with so many programs is everybody is training bilateral symmetrical. So many programs are a bilateral press, a bilateral pull, a bilateral squat, a bilateral hinge, and it's like go take one step out your front door. Your pelvis just rotated. Your rib cage rotated in the opposite direction. Um, your femur rotated to create production out of the foot and the in the glute. And everything that you do in life, in sport, maybe except for like a rower, everything you do in life is rotational. Like yeah. Everything is rotationally loaded. Every and single and, and pretty. I mean, most movement pattern. Most, not all. Most movement patterns are unilateral. Pretty much everything. Like if you look at my programming, I pretty much only load one side of the body at a time. Now, if I've got a power lifter, obviously that's not the case. But if I'm trying to create a functional athlete, 
I don't need you to bench press 400 pounds on two shoulders. Well, um, what I love about Mike Boyle, one, he's of, the one of the greatest greats. strength coaches. I mean, he's a pioneer. He thinks outside the box. I remember him getting so much flack for saying we don't back squat anymore. And he really kind of put the now he he hates this word Bulgarian. He'll uh, say rear foot elevated squat. That's what I but, say. RFE. Yeah, I say Bulgarian because it's simple. Once again, I'm a simple minded guy. Um, because he's he he doesn't want the bilateral, but he still does it. He still does strap bar deadlift and and he still does you know hand cleans and stuff like that. But he was kind of the first one to say, "Hey guys, maybe we need a little bit more unilateral training." He, Not the first guy, but he was definitely one of the ones that really threw it out there and made us think, "Wait a minute. The, yes, the back squat is great for power production, but is it the best way to load all the time?" Well, and right, and you start to get Training really heavy creates adaptations to the ribcage and the pelvis. Um, well, that's a whole different scenario. Right there, yeah, guys. I don't mean we to won't get you. into that one because that is a whole podcast in and of itself. But to some degree, for certain athletes, strong is strong enough. Oh, yeah. You don't have to. If I've got a pitcher who's throwing a 100 mile an hour fastball with a massive amount of rotation, I'm probably going to cap that pitcher at like a 315 to 350 deadlift. Like, well, I don't the, need. The best, I mean, not that wasn't always, but the best lifters at K-State weren't always the ones playing. No. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Right? They weren't the most athletic. They were really strong. Yeah. But that didn't mean that they functioned great on a field or on a court. Right? And so we don't need to just drive weights and drive reps. We need to drive pattern adaptation. Exactly. And we need to assess pattern adaptation before we start to drive new adaptation. And, that, and that's the whole point. Um, and guys, we probably will get into a lot of these tangents. So <laughs> all the time. We, so if we get offside, if we're, um, we're, we apologize for that. Um, well, we'll, and that's we'll try we to do, make though. more of the podcast a little bit more direct. But but I love that because we're both so passionate about what's right, what's wrong, and what creates healthy adaptation. And so when we we get on a subject we love, like we are passionate about it, we are going to talk about it, and and that should come across in our programming, oh, in our absolutely. coaching, and in, in everything. We do talk a lot. <laughs> and, and but I think that's what you need to look for in a good coach is who's really passionate about mechanics, who's really passionate about loading principles, who's really passionate about rotation being a primary move. Like that's that's how the human body works. You're gonna take way more steps in rotation in a day than you squat down in a day, and you're gonna take way more breaths in a day than you throw something in a day. Oh, yeah. And a dancer is going to spend way more time on one leg than they ever will on two legs. And they're going to leap and they're going to turn and they're going to twist and they're going to contort themselves. And they need to have functional stability and strength in those ranges of motion, not just like a seated bilateral bicep curl. But I want big arms. Yeah, yeah. well, you're fine. I want a big pump. Um, Sal, I, I was listening to a podcast here. Um, uh, the Mind Pump guys, they're amazing guys. Listen to them. On t- they're, they're great. Uh, and I, I was listening to how when Sal Stefano went and did a talk, and, and really what it came down to is he said uh, his mentor told him, and, and this really went down to it. I'm rambling a little bit. But he goes, coaches, you know, you know start with, you know, passion and love. You know, and, and look at it from we want to help you. This is what we're here for. We want to help you guys get where you want to be. And that's, that's, that's 100% right. We're not worried about ourselves. We're worried about everybody else. Yeah. 
And that's, we want to make sure that, that you guys are getting out of your fitness journey what you want to what you want out of it. Yeah. Um, we don't mean to take too much time. I think that kind of wraps up our kind of who we are. Um, we're going to post a lot of podcasts next week. We're going to focus on shoulder girdle, shoulder stabilization. Um, in the meantime, our, I know we, we have to use it as a marketing tool, but check out our, our social media. Um, we're prescribed performance. We're going to put a lot of stuff out there. Um, we'll post some emails. If you guys want to shoot some emails so we can answer some questions. Um, if you guys want to do some assessment with us, reach out and we'll, we'll take a look at you. Um, and then soon we'll be, we'll be we're providing some programs and, and some coaching abilities or some coaching, um, I guess, content. content and situations you guys can take advantage of. So um, that's who we are. We're Travis and Travis. We're prescribed performance. Um, check us out on social media, follow our podcast and uh, let's, let's like, let's really get into what the human body does and how to train it correctly. This is going to be fun. It'll be fun. It's going to be fun. Hope you guys uh, enjoy the ride. Until next time.